What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I am joined with the dynamic duo of Jack Renault and Hunter Friesen. How are you, gentlemen? Doing very well. Go ahead. Ready for ready for yeah, ready for another three hour episode. You know, that's what I'm here for. I got my I costume am. on. I got my my. Uh, there you go. There you go. My knickers I mean, are on. I'm ready to go. Got your top hats and everything. Jack, you were ahead and, of the game yesterday with your little suit and tie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a little uh, wedding. Uh, it was very nice. Uh, had quite the fun night. Uh, maybe a little too fun in some circumstances, but was regardless, Cot- here I am today. Was Cotton Eye Joe played, Jack? I can't confirm. No, it was not. We're not that mm. predictable here. <laughs> um, stereotyping right there. But yeah, this week should be a fun one. This is a full-fledged Jack Renault idea, and I loved it because I had such a great time doing this. We're actually going to count down our top 10 favorite needle drops in film. Uh, Jack and I talk about needle drops a lot, so it kind of apropos that we've gone to the point where we're going to list our 10 favorite. I also want to yell at Jack because there's too many. There's way more than 10 that I wanted to talk about. Too many good ones on here. Um but yeah, this should be a fun. I, I I highly doubt we're not gonna go. We're gonna go three hours today. But knowing the way we talk, you you never know. Uh, but let's get into some of the news of the week. This week we actually have some some interesting uh, things to talk about. The first one is I know Jack's very excited. He loves his Ridley Scott sandals and swords films. So uh, Paul Mescal is in talk to lead the upcoming Gladiator sequel. Uh, I'm not. I like Gladiator. I don't think it's the greatest best picture winner of all time, but um, yeah, interesting. I'm, I, I like this casting for the fact that we know who Paul Mescal is, but after Gladiator, I think we're going to have a more wide, wider audience know who that is. But Jack, I'll kick it off with you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I, I'm a fan of the casting. I'm not over the moon like you are about Gladiator. I think it's a perfectly solid best picture winner not one that like comes to mind when thinking about my favorites but still like it nonetheless um and i do i do like this from kind of like a more star building role for paul mescal because it's not like putting him you know like i don't think this is gonna like you know swamp him in like a franchise or whatever it'll still give him the chance to like branch out but regardless it'll be like a likely a big like popcorn movie to like you said where more people are going to learn who he is and we've already seen what a performer he is I concur, and I know Hunter. You probably are okay with Gladiator, but your biggest, biggest flaw in that movie is that it's under three hours. Correct? Well, that's true. I don't even remember how long it actually. I think it's was. two two uh, two twenty five, two thirty. Yeah, I say it's, yeah, it's not yeah. that long. I mean, there's some really great parts of it. I I do really like the movie Gladiator Two, though. Is such a weird like, i was like i was well, i know it's not it'll be, it won't be called that, but I was just like, why do we need a sequel to this movie? Twenty years later, I don't know. I'm just I'm mostly just glad this type of movie keeps getting made mm-hmm. or is getting made because uh, the last duel for how great it was uh, that movie made no money at the box office. So I was I'm glad that uh, even Kingdom of Heaven 20 years ago almost that lost a ton of money. So Ridley Scott keep him his blank checks because 
just like Spielberg Scorsese, he's reaching that age where you get worried that every he movie they announce you're could just be like, the last. They, they they better make that movie, you know. I remember when I went with my wife to see uh the last duel. She really liked it. She doesn't like sandals and swords, so I was so mm-hmm. I was so happy she liked it. But um a Saturday night, it was me, her, and two older couples, like elderly I mean, couples. That's it. And I was like, yeah. oh, man, that that really such, sucks. It's such a good I movie, know. too. Such a good movie. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for it. So looking forward to seeing what happens there. Uh, I just added this because it's about time. There was a little bit of conflict as to whether or not the show was going to move to Amazon. But Wednesday has been renewed for season two uh, by Netflix. Uh, the whole discourse was about Amazon owning MGM. And there was some mm-hmm. possible issue with season two. But, you know. To the shock of no one, Wednesday is coming back for season two. I like the show quite a bit. Uh, Tim Burton has been a, mostly missed for the last 20 years. So I actually think this is on a upper, not top tier spiel, uh, Burton, but right in the middle for, for Burton. Mm-hmm. So I really do like the show. And Jenna Ortega is like a super duper, yeah. duper, duper, duper star. So, uh, mm-hmm. Jack, have you seen it? Uh, I've seen a few episodes, actually. I didn't get around to finishing it just because it was, like, right around the holidays when I started it. Um, but no, I really liked what I saw. I thought Jenna Ortega, like you said, I thought she was perfectly cast. Luis Guzman, unfortunately, not a huge fan of the Agree, now role, 1,000%. Which, which pains me to say because I love Gomez. And, like, I thought, you know, he could maybe bring that, uh, like, John Ash, John Aston. uh, Kind of Nathan Lane also did. He played Gomez in the musical, so I thought maybe he could kind of bring some of that energy to the role. But unfortunately, it just didn't work. But uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Jenna Ortega, though, I thought they were both pristinely cast. And then, like you said, I don't think it's anything like outstanding in the general sense of Tim Burton. But like, like what you said, like compared to what we've seen recently, it's definitely like a step in the right, back in the right direction. I do think before we go to Hunter, I think she has a very good shot of winning the Globe. Jenna Ortega. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. They love rewarding these up and comers, so I can see that happening. Uh, I know this is new shows, too. You know. I know this is not really up your alley, Hunter, but have you seen any anything I, as of it, yet? You didn't have to even turn to me if you don't want to. I, I have not <laughs> seen the show. I've heard good things from people who watched it, and I know it's super duper 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 popular, so, you know, but I, 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 I didn't have much interest in it. Yeah, when I got my screener for it, I was Burton, the whole Jenna Ortega of, la- of last year, mm-hmm. that was like I was super mm-hmm. intrigued. So I had a feeling it would be popular. I told someone before the embargo lifted that this feels like Netflix's "We Know Stranger Things" is ending. We need another big boy on the block, and they—I don't even think they expected this to be as big. And I do agree with Gomez. I hated the casting. Um, when I saw the first episode, and I was like, okay, so they're just going to be. Barely, they're going to be cameos at that. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I'm okay with that because I, yeah. I don't like the casting at all. Catherine mm-hmm. Zeta Jones is fine, whatever. Um, I really, I was at Comic Con at the uh, Wednesday panel. Like everyone's hyped up, everyone's going crazy for Jenna Ortega. The cast that had been announced, and um, they hadn't announced Fester. They announced it at the panel to mild cheers because I. Yeah. All that hype about who Uncle Fester was. No offense to Fred, Fred Armisen, but eh, it's fine. I, I think he's fine. Uh, but yeah, fan of the show. Can't wait to see what happens in season two. I can see that show being another four or five uh, season show for Netflix. Uh, now we get to uh, 
awards talk, which was a very interesting week for the awards conversation. Uh, we have the BAFTA long list that it was a very interesting conversation in our group chat about the BAFTA long list where nobody except myself noticed that the big, big, big uh, snub was Steven Spielberg snubbed and director. The Fablemans did awful, I will say. Yeah, I, yeah. both both mm-hmm. supporting actors missing too. Like, had one of them get in, I would maybe be like, because they have like the juries and stuff. So like the voting process for the long list can be kind of weird. But the fact that like both of them missed and Gabriel missed, John Williams missed. I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Before I go through some of the actual films and actors directors that made the list what's your biggest shock outside of spielberg do you have any jack i'll start with you uh come back to me let me pull up those long lists all right and hunter do you have anything off the top um big winner um i'm very happy all quiet in the western front you'll get into that mm-hmm. between the oscars and the bafta is literally made i think only one category out of all like the 20 it's eligible for between those two it's missed so it's practically hit every single place it's supposed it can hit doesn't mean it'll get 10 nominations but hey it's much more likely now so i i I, as a huge fan of the movie i'm very happy and the 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 growing i don't want to say we'll say disappointment of women talking so Mm. like not just some weirdly missing big in some places like the globes and now here and then still hitting others so we've joked i think we joked on our chat that it would be a very very crazy world where the lone nomination acting wise for that movie would be the male and women talking mm-hmm. and we're getting we're getting closer to that every single day yeah sag sag this week will be a big one where if, if the the two women the two supporting actors don't make that or if i mean if jesse buckley makes that, that's fine claire foy is on the outside looking at it seems like but if, if jesse buckley misses and claire foy then you're like oh god I am thinking yeah. that I, I mean we still have a few weeks to go. Yeah, I'm thinking about taking it out of picture. It it was at number two for me or three or whatever for a while, and it went down to four, then went down to five, mm-hmm. then went down to six, and I'm like, okay, now it's at eight, and I'm like, uh, where is it now? Like, yeah, in a world where we have um, women talking in Babylon is a perfect example. I'm going Babylon because it's going to do very well in the text. And yeah. women talking is not so. Uh, it but also yeah. feels weird because women talking is like slam dunk adapted screenplay right now. Oh, you think it's you winning? Know? You still think it's winning? Yeah, but the, who else has taken adapted screenplay? Uh, I, don't tell me Top Gun. Don't no, say Top no, Gun. no, 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 no. <laughs> don't tell me that because it's like it's not Glass Onion. It's not She Said because nobody's talking about. It. It's not The Whale. There's enough people who don't like that. Everybody's yeah. praising the, the 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 screenplay for that. It's such a weak category. Let me- glass onion i i I don't know that ain't happening we'll see i think go ahead go ahead jack it's it's weird i was gonna say it for either of them to be like a sole like screenplay winner and like not be up for picture i think would be kind of weird i feel like whichever i feel like i feel like one of them can get into picture and the other doesn't i feel like that one wins screenplay i feel like I don't know the the ten the nine ten spots for best picture right now are just so up in the air. I think it's mm-hmm. I really don't have an idea, which is weird because like I didn't expect Elvis to be one of my safe bets, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah, you know, I got it. feel good I got about that. 
Uh, so yeah, let me run through these a long list. If there's anything, oh wait, can I, yes. can, I can I throw out my yeah, go ahead. surprise? Joseph Kaczynski, Top Gun Maverick, best director. Yes, that that was. Uh, do we need to start talking? Do we talk about that? No, is that something? No. Po- no. I I think him getting in here is really interesting. I I don't, I don't think he's one of the five at the Oscars, but I do think he might be in like that sixth, seventh position where if things do start to like really like thin out among like totals. Maybe he sneaks in, but yeah, I, I started I do, looking. I do think Baz Luhrmann probably will like slide into that last spot. I do. I, I do agree. think Spielberg's still safe. Sure. I yeah, right. I think so too. Uh, I I'll have thoughts on the Kaczynski thing in a moment. But running through these categories, if there's anything that you guys want to mention, then I'll stop. But for sound, the short list of films: All Quiet, Avatar, Babylon, Batman, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Del Toro's Pinocchio, Tar, Thirteen Lives. Top Gun Maverick. Nothing really out of this world shocking here, right? Yeah. All right. No, I can't really. Uh, visual effects, all quiet. Uh, I love that nom- that that short list. I hope it gets in. Uh, I yeah. love those subtle visual effects nominations and wins. So, uh, Avatar, Batman. Uh, then we get the Marvel run. Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Hunter's favorite movie of last year, the costume drama, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio, Jurassic Park Dominion, and Top Gun Maverick. Nothing really shocking there either. Production design, All Quiet, Avatar, Babylon, Banshees, Batman, Elvis, Empire of Light. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Production design, that movie's great, though. Credit to Deacons to make that theater look pretty. Yeah. Uh, the Fablemans, Everything Ever All at Once, and Del Toro's Pinocchio. Kind of really like, I kind of dig that Del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah. I will say, oh, yeah. not to spoil this, but this is where Avatar stops. That, that it doesn't have a single other long list after this. So mm-hmm. that's the crazy thing. I always look at below the lines and I'm like, did they see the movie? Oh, they saw the movie. They just didn't, yeah. they just didn't we're care. No Babylon. cinematography, no picture, no director for Avatar. Not that it's a, killer but it's just like hmm, okay i i do think i mean i don't think it wins that many oscars but it's definitely at least no. it has visual effects in the it bag. just has the one really yeah. maybe well no not sound but definitely not actually so. original score we have all quiet uh jack jack and uh i had a discussion because hunter and i we've we've spoken that we love that score uh it's a great score jack you're a little lower than we are on that score right oh uh, uh... What like the score for All Quiet? Yeah, you weren't as big a fan as I. It's fine. I think it's some <sighs> places like kind of like the droning stuff. Like, did it really like? I was just didn't really work for me. But other places, I did really like it. So I probably wouldn't have it in my five. But would it get nominated? I probably wouldn't be upset. Yeah. Then we have but Babylon. That, which... I, I know I'm kind of on an island there. <laughs> for I, sure. I see how y'all like it. Uh, Babylon, sure. which after what the Academy did with. Um... The Batman is, I think it's going to be a sweep for Babylon. Yeah. Um, but I said that about First Man, and look what happened. So I say. Yeah. Uh, we have Banshees, the Batman here, Empire of Light, Everything Ever All at Once, Glass Onion, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Tar, Women Talking, The Wonder. The, <laughs> the Wonder's got to, I mean, for a long list of 10, it could be the 10. I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, all right, like, that's true. nominated, I mean, no, but like the score is pretty in, uh, creative, and I actually did like that. Makeup and hairstyling, uh, nothing too shocking here. All Quiet, Amsterdam, Babylon, The Batman, Black Panther. Um, this is where I started thinking 
what possibilities can happen at the Oscars. Blonde, uh, Elvis, Emancipation, uh, Matilda the Musical, and The Whale. Hey, Blonde is shortlisted at the Oscars too. So I was gonna say, I'll, I'll, that was a just possibility. Was okay. Blonde hey, was shortlisted for makeup, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah I know. I was like, I know, I didn't see that. I it, we could have. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> But there's like a Jessica Chastain route here where makeup and actors are right there on the table. Uh, editing, we have After Sun, All Quiet, Babylon, Banshee, Decision to Leave, Elvis, Everything, Ever, All at Once, Moon Age, Daydream, Top Gun, Maverick, Triangle of Sadness. Kind of really like that Moon Age, Daydream. Um, yeah, that, that's a good one. Cool. With documentaries getting into editing, that's cool. That was actually the one Oscar nomination Hoop Dreams got, but it couldn't get into Best Documentary. Back in the 90s. So stupid. Literally one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Uh, costume design. No shock here. All Quiet Amsterdam, Babylon, Banshees, Black Panther, Corsage, Elvis, Glass Onion. I love this nomination because it's a cute little movie, and I really think it's really awesome. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I thought it was a little yeah. cute movie, but amazing costume. Uh, and Matilda. Nothing. No shock there. Uh, cinematography. All Quiet, Amsterdam, Athena, Babylon, Banshees, The Batman, Elvis, Empire of Light, Tar, Top Gun, Maverick. Nothing. No Yanus. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. Crazy. No Avatar, no Fablelands. That was like, I was like, damn. Babylon takes this, right? From um, what's left or All Quiet? Top Gun? I could see yeah, that, top, yeah. Top, top Gun. More like, it's more like practical than like bfx like they I mean, that definitely can be seen as like the cinematography achievement for sure uh casting we have after sun all quiet on the western front banshees elvis everything the fablemans living uh the matilda tar and triangle of sadness i yeah triangle of sadness have you seen that yet jack that's one of my last like big like uh, oscar contender blind spots stop that's one that i need to see. stop after 90 minutes you'll think it's a great movie uh, I like every okay. movie you've you've said you bagged on. I actually like now. You like Triangle of Sadness? <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Quite a bit. He's the perfect podcast host. Oh, right, he's this dogging is, this... on Living. He's dogging on uh, Triangle of Sadness. What was the other one you were doing it on? Um, I don't know. You were kind of doing Fantastic. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to. Oh, support. Empire of Light. Yeah, this yeah, is this this is why this is why I like this. This is why I like this this trifecta because I know we have different different opinions on certain things. So this yeah. should should be a fun uh, Oscar season with what we are agree or disagree on. Supporting actor, uh, I'm gonna leave one for last. Brendan Gleeson, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Woody Harrelson has what? Hey, Woody Harrelson for what? Oh, triangle, triangle of Sadness. Woody Harrelson has like ten minutes of screen time. I mean, it's it's between him and Judd Hirsch, who has less. Yeah, I, it's, it's 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 Judd Hirsch, <laughs> but like it's close. Barry Keegan, Brad Pitt, K. Hugh Kwan, Eddie Redmayne, uh, Albert. I'm gonna pronounce this really poorly. Scooch, Shooch for All Quiet. Yeah, I I don't know how to say his last. Michael Ward and Ben Wisha and Women Talking. Yeah, there's your Women Talking acting nomination. It's a good it's a good lineup. I think so too. Uh, and then the one that I didn't mention was <laughs> Jack is pulling for this so hard. Tom Hanks and Elvis. Yeah. Trust, trust me, not not for I, I, this is solely a transactional form of rooting. <laughs> like I want the fantasy points. <laughs> uh, yeah, this... he's on a lot of people's lists because they just were like, ah, right, whatever. 
And I feel so stupid, man. They'd go for Tom Hanks. I feel so stupid not not getting him in there. Just knowing, like, that's the type of performance I would get a random Oscar nomination. Well, let me check how many points. I think he's gotten one point this fantasy season, so I don't think it's not that big a deal. Good job, Jack. Yeah, I, it, it paid off. I got something out of it. So <laughs> if you if you win that. everything by one point, you could think Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> supporting actors, we have Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Hong Chow, Carrie Condon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Dolly DeLeon, Lashana Lynch, Janelle Monae, Carrie Mulligan, Emma Thompson, and Amy Lou Wood. Uh man, the we said with the British movie. Yeah, I think. <laughs> we said this like off the line. And I, I don't think I said this to Hunter. Like, or I, I think we're in an Angela Bassett versus Jamie Lee Curtis for the Oscar. I, I mean, I have Carrie Condon up there just because she's in a movie people really love. I mean, obviously they love everything everywhere. And, but yes, Angela Bassett is surprisingly hit every single time. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm, I'm very shocked. I thought I was like, oh, that's just a Globes thing. Oh, then she got Critics Choice. I was like, oh, okay. Now she's on the Baffles, and she'll probably get SAG. I'm like, oh, at that point, it kind of. Yeah, kind of have to factor in there, and it's a very interesting like battle if it's between those two. Because if you look at it, they're both beloved actresses. They mm-hmm. both don't have an Oscar. Jamie doesn't even have an Oscar nomination, which she's not another conversation that she should have had before. Uh, screen time is also minimal for both parties, so it's it's very interesting on where this is going to end up. Uh, and then lead actor Austin Butler, Tom Cruise. Harris Dickinson, Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrah, Dana Kaluuya, Felix Kammerer. Did I do it? Go. All right, you got it right. 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 Daryl McCormick, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nye. The Oscar five is like somewhere in here, I think. Yeah, let's just throw Paul Mescal yeah. in there. And maybe one wild card because it is the BAFTA juries at this point. Yeah, and then Tom Cruise, I think he's getting the Oscar. That, the nomination? Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry. We'll to, save that I'm, for save that for next week. Yeah, we'll I'm sorry to think that. But yeah, leading actress. If he get, I'll say this. If he gets into SAG this week, I I think uh, he's in. That's why we wait till next. Yeah. Because I like I don't want to say nothing and then it happens at SAG. So I was like, wow, we gotta. Yeah, that's the big thing. And then leading actress Naomi Aki. I want to dance with somebody. I finally got a point for that goddamn like <laughs> prediction wow. of putting her in. This one, yeah, I get a. No one gets any points for the long. List. Oh, that is true. She has to get nominated. She's got to. She's got to get in. So she's still a, a good old goose egg right now in this award season. But gladly, everybody had her line up at the near the bottom. So I had. Th- I had this person in. I just didn't. You know, I. I had. New, I had a feeling the movie was going to be hated, but like I still put her in my. I think she's like my six. Anna de Armas, Kate uh, Blanchett, Jessica Chastain, Viola Davis, Daniel Devlin, Leslie Manville, Emma Thompson, Michelle Williams, and Michelle Yeoh. Uh, anything shocking for you guys here? No, it was pretty much uh, not shocking because she is Viola Davis, but she's hitting everywhere. She's she's one yeah. of the few, like along with Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett, who's gotten everywhere so far. So because right now, if we're looking at guaranteed, like. Mich- the two Michelles and and Kate are the only real locks at this point. Yeah, Viola's getting real close because, like mm. Angela Bassett, I'm like, wow, she is like everywhere there she can get in, she is getting in. So I'm I would tempted to put her in the. I guess SAG spot. will will decide that yeah. too. Yeah, I, I I would I would think she gets in SAG because she is Viola Davis. Yeah, so. 
Agreed. And at that point, I'm like, well, I kind of have to do it if she's everywhere. And then we look at adaptive screenplay, which, ooh, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a possible competitor for you in adaptive screenplay. So I'm gonna we start with the Wonder Woman talking. I'm going backwards here. The Whale, Top Gun, Maverick. She said the Quiet Quiet Girl, uh, Living. Uh, All right, I haven't seen that movie, so I but I'll defend it on Jacob's honor for the, him. Cause... The Towers, Pinocchio, uh, Glass Onion, and All Quiet. Can, could All Quiet be that screenplay winner? It hasn't gotten anywhere else, and nobody like if all the things people aren't talking about that one. That's true. I would say, and we also have to what look at what's Pinocchio? the. Like if it I really wouldn't hate it. To like, like if there isn't like a definitive winner, if like the overall just love for Pinocchio, because like it's winning animated feature, we're pretty sure, right? Yeah, that's like, I don't think it, like Marcel maybe the the Puss in Boots sweep at the very end. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I can. That's I mean, a, that's a good it just one. Goes over. I can see that, and it's a good screenplay too. Our original screenplay is where the uh, the bloodbath will be. Uh, everything, yes. everywhere, all at once. The Fablemans, the menu, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, uh, Good Luck to You, Legrand, Elvis, Decision to Leave, The Banshees, and After Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nothing too shocking here. And then director, we have After Sun, All Quiet, Banshees, Corsage, Decision to Leave, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All in Once, Fire of Love, The Quiet Girl, Say No More, She Said Tar, Till, Top Gun Maverick, The Women King, and Women Talking, Nell Steven Spielberg. Which is, I, it is crazy that I, I don't, I, I'm trying to like comprehend. I looked up like all the voting and how that works. So I was like, just how would Steven Spielberg not get enough votes to make the top, what, 16, 16. or whatever? That, that's the yeah. shocking part of it. Like, Which is crazy. Like St. Omer's in there, Fire of Love, a documentary's in there, The Quiet Girl's in there. I'm like, great for them. I'm good for those people. I'm not like, like how could they do this and not make these people? It's just so weird. I concur. Because he got not. Steven Spielberg got nominated for Best Director for Bridge of Spies. Like, <laughs> like did he, they, they did literally he... have, they've given him stuff there. Like, it's not like they hate him. It's not like Denzel Washington, who's never got a BAFTA nomination, which is crazy. What's been his history as of recent? Did he get in for West Side or The Post? I think he did. You know? I mean, I, I think he got for West Side. Yeah, I don't. He definitely didn't get it. I don't think he got in for The Post. I'm pretty feel no, confident there. Should have. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, animated film. Uh, the Amazing Maurice, The Bad Guys, Del Toro's Pinocchio, Lightyear, Marcel, Minions, Puss in Boots, Turning Red. Nothing real shocking here. Documentary, All That Breeze, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, A Bunch of Amateurs, Fire of Love, The Ghost of Richard Harris, uh, Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, A Journey, A Song, Louis Armstrong, Black and Blues, Macaron, Moon Age, Daydream, Navalny, No Senior. Uh, it's not going to the Oscars either, so. Oh, they did. They, oh, they it's not? That one. No. Oh shit! I missed that. That's that's sad. Uh, so it's it's the end of the end of the road for that one. Yeah. Basically. International feature. Uh, All quiet. Argentina, nineteen eighty five. Bardo, close. Corsage, decisions to leave. EO, holy spider. Spider, the quiet girl, and R R R. Pretty. Lineup. And yep. that, uh, outstanding debut by a British writer. After Sun, Blue Jean, Donna, Electric Melody. Uh, Emily Galati L- L- Leo Gran, nothing compares. Rebellion, see how they run in Wayfinder. Nothing crazy there. Outstanding last two categories: outstanding British film, After Sun, Banshees, Blue Jean, Brian and Charles, Emily, Empire of Light, Galati Leo Gran, Lady Chatterley's Lover, Living the Lost King, mm-hmm. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, Matilda, see how they run the swimmers and the wonder. Very British. That's very. very British. <laughs> and finally. 
Best Picture, After Sun, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Ever All at Once, The Fablemans, Living, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, No Babylon, No Avatar. No. They don't like wild parties, I guess. No, which, uh, whatever. I mean, yeah, whatever. It, I totally it sucks agree. to be them, I guess. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm okay. I mean, I'm not like, it's one of those where I'm not going to complain about Babylon missing places too much. I wanted to, but I'm not, you know, I got to be realistic here. Yeah, yeah. I still think it gets into picture, but it's oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got enough text to do it. Agreed. Do we think Mar? Do do we think Margaret's still safe? Well, that that's true. She missed here, and Olivia Coleman missed, which is crazy. Not that like Olivia Coleman's for the Oscar, but I was like Olivia Coleman. She's the BAFTA. If she 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 never gets in the BAFTA anymore, which is crazy. Jack, if she misses SAG, I think she is very very yeah very uh weak. Didn't she? Where did she did she pull double nominations for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and she did bombshell for what for was that I think it was SAG I think it was SAG it was BAFTA oh okay all right yeah so I mean I still think she I do I do think she still gets in but I guess we'll find out this week she got nominated for Mary Queen of Scots at SAG so you know they they've given her stuff ah costume drama did has it good I've never seen it it's very very okay like the score is amazing. Uh, the direction, direction. Uh, this she, this lady came from theater, and she's not returned to movies, so that's kind of a hint there. It's not, yeah, not great directing, but it's, there's aspects of it. Aggressively mediocre, you might say. It's there. You go. That's I didn't want. To, I'm not going to say your terms. So that's why I said very okay. <laughs> that's what I said. All right, so let's move on before we get into our list to and what we watched to the Golden Globe predictions. I think this will take a little bit less time. Then we're going to skip TV. We're only going to do film. Um, Bob Odenkirk might get a win. So I he wish. finally gets something. I wish. Something. They, he and, but, number, he's number one on Gold Derby on that TV. I looked up all those because I'm not in tune with that. So they do I, that, I but sure. they don't even nominate Rhea Seahorn, which is... I, I even scrolled. I was like, oh, where's she? Then I was like, oh, not on. I was like, oh, well, I mean, that makes sense. Like, she had her whole, her whole trajectory is she never made an Emmy until recently. So. Well, she has one more shot, thank God. That's true. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's go to through these quick. Best song, Hold My Hand, Lift Me Up, Not To Not To, Carolina, Chow Papa. Uh, I am going with uh, Hold My Hand on this one. Yeah. yeah. Lift, lift Me Up might be my second, but I'll stick with Hold My Hand pretty well. Uh, we go to Best Score, Babylon, Women Talking, The Fablemans, The Banshees, and Pinocchio. Uh, yeah, I'm going with my boy Justin Hurwitz. They love him there. He actually won for first man here. So, but do you want that? Because after he won for first man, there was no Oscar. Do you want I don't. You know what the problem? Give it to Johnny instead. Yeah. If there's anyone that I feel they should give it to, that'll be safe for Hurwitz to still win the Oscar. It's probably Johnny Williams. Yeah, it's 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 one because women talking's there, Hilder's there, Banshee's Carter Burwell's a big favorite. So there's a lot of favorites there that could help out. I think Desplat is the only one that's not getting it for Pinocchio. But I'm, I'm, I'm picking Babylon. <laughs> I just hope. Oh, yeah, I'm going Babylon. I mean, I, I just hope yeah. the trajectory does. I hope it's more the trajectory of La La Land more than yeah. them first man here. Uh, best, best foreign language film. RRR, All Quiet on the Western Front, Decision to Leave Close Argentina. So, 
the right answer is all quiet on the Western Front. But that's my heart saying it's the right answer. I It's probably RRR. I would say RRR is just maybe a little too big to fail, especially with this being the only time mm-hmm. it could ever win that. Or, I mean, I guess yeah. to give it as well. But, like, obviously, it ain't getting the Oscars, so... And they gave it song, so they definitely like that part as well. So I, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with uh, all quiet at the moment. Okay, but I do, but I do think RRR obviously. I I hope it wins, and I really want it to win, as we discussed on my top uh, the top tens. But uh, either win would be okay, and I do think that we'll both have the next Netflix push, so I can't factor that in there. but yeah, I think both of these. Are oh, well, no, RRR is not a Netflix film. It's just streaming on Netflix, but it's not a. Well, Netflix. I'm, like the Netflix effect, like it's oh, got like okay. a push it. for like the availability mm-hmm. and like everyone can see it. Um, but all quiet. I mean, I think that's also like one that could theoretically like maybe get into picture like out of the two. Um, so I'm sticking with all quiet, but I do think it's one of those two. Sad that EO wasn't in there. Oh, I didn't man. see it yet, but just so the concept good. alone. It's EO's like, so I like great. That. <laughs> yeah, EO's so great. Uh, best animated feature. Anyone have anything but Pinocchio? No. No. Nope. Oh, shouldn't right. be anything else. Yeah. Screenplay. Uh, Banshees. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The Fablemans. Women talking tar. Uh, I'm... Be- Banshees are probably the winner, but I'm going to go with everything, everyone, all at once here. This is um, maybe the hint of this is the, like Banshees and everything, everywhere are fighting in three separate categories. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. I have Banshees. I'm picking with everything, everywhere being the very close second place. So, yeah. Jack, what do you got? Close. Yeah, I think like Hunter said, this will really be like the test of like where they stand and like how the rest of the evening will play out because I think they could like spread the wealth and go like Spielberg or like Spielberg director screenplay Fableman or Fableman screenplay Banshees and then picture uh, everything everywhere so if they decide to spread the love I think it goes something like that but I do think it's between those two Fableman Tar Women Talking I think they're just nominated really I do think it's between the other two Yep, I agree. Uh, director Spielberg, the Daniels, James Cameron, Baz Luhrmann, Martin McDonough. Um, so Spielberg, right? I I think so. The problem is I don't like <laughs> this anymore. That it's like I guess I go with Spielberg, but I'm like ah. Uh. <laughs> it's the, the other. It's the Daniels, right? If it's not Spielberg, or do you have someone else? Didn't James Cameron win this for Avatar? He did. He yeah, did. Yeah, that's why that's I like James the... Cameron number two actually. Just because yeah, he's James Cameron. Mm-hmm. And the Globes also kind of, to me at least, sometimes some of their votes have come off as a bit populist. And this seems kind of like a like a populist vote because I don't think it's winning picture. I get, I'll say that at least. But he could win director because it definitely is like one of the biggest achievements of the year. Yeah. And I also say the Fableman's actors didn't get in here. Not that they didn't love... They still voted the movie everywhere or other places, but... That was like, oh, okay. And then, but Spielberg has 14 Golden Globe nominations for directing, so I like, definitely love him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going with Spielberg, but I don't like this anymore because I want him to see him win. And it's getting to that point where it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just Spielberg, but I think that's too too safe anymore. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat as you guys. Uh, if, if he doesn't win the Globe or 
obviously Fablemans doesn't win, I'm like, oh, then then I've then I've sound the alarms a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And I like listen, I like the Fablemans a lot. I'm more with like I, but and I wouldn't care if he wins this one. I mean, I'm fine with him winning a third Oscar. He's Steven Spielberg, so it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, this is a very scary time for the Fablemans and. Do you think he could miss in the Oscars? Him? No, I don't think so. I, I think I feel like if he if he snuck in for West Side last year, I think he can definitely get it. Good point. But like Very he good is point. like a front runner because he was on the big time on the fence and like one of like three people who were on the fence, and then the person who got cut was like front runner, so or yeah. like the second in line, so to speak. Yeah, I I, I feel you there. I agree. Uh, supporting actor, anyone not have K. Yuquan? No, I yeah I said no, banshees I, and everything everywhere were competing categories. I didn't count this. Yeah, like, this ain't not it. even a competition. Th- this ain't a competition. No I think this is a sweep at yeah, all the way I to the Oscar. Same here. Which I'm very like happy. My favorite, it might be my favorite like Oscar like moment really. Just seeing like because short round like when I was young was like one of my favorite movie characters, and Same I mean like here. nine or ten. So that evolution would just. Be I will say. I mean. Speaking into existence, I think that the presentations because Will Smith is not going to be there should be. Uh, yep. You know where I'm going, right, Jack? I, I, you've already given me this hypothetical, and I would probably cry if that actually happened. Hunter, so this is what I'm thinking. So, um, Jessica Chastain still gives actor. We follow the same tradition. We have um, Troy Kotzer still gives supporting actress. But then, uh, who won supporting actress last year? I forget. Uh, Ariana, Ariana, Ariana Debose. So Ariana Debose gives actor, actress, instead of supporting actor, and then we give Harrison Ford to give supporting actor with Kehu Kwan winning. That would be. Yeah. The last time they gave I know. Ford a special you gotta one was see, this is where this is where Ryan, and it didn't work. Is where I say keep it, keep it quiet, and just cheat. Find out. Just know, yep. yeah, literally, just like because keep it a surprise. <laughs> I will never. I don't care what the anyone that I ever meet that works for the academy or doesn't work for. I will never buy that the year the Scorsese won the Oscar that these those three guys giving him that Oscar did not know that Scorsese was I, winning that Oscar. I I think they just because it was Scorsese they they were just like we'll we'll hedge our bets here and just do it which I I think the live in It'd be one of the worst and best moments if he didn't win. If like Inaritu won that year, they'd be like, "What the hell?" Yeah, yeah if, no, uh, I... the United '93. Yeah, Paul Greengrass. Green and that's a one. Yeah, no, I, I I get you there. It would be a great moment if it did happen, though. But uh, supporting actors, here's where I put my 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 uh my chips on the table. I'm going Jamie Lee Curtis. It it is. Because this is the one where it's Carrie Connon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Angel maybe Bassett, Angel Bassett, maybe there. Dolly De Leon and Carrie Mulligan are the five. If it's Dolly or Carrie, I'd laugh out loud because then that doesn't help at all, really. No. Yeah. So I have Carrie Condon because Banshee's has so many nominations, and I could say the same practically for everything everywhere as well. So, but at this point, I'm on the Carrie Condon predictions obviously mm-hmm. once people start winning like if jb starts picking up wins then I'll, I'll easily switch this category is an absolute mess there's no yeah there's no sound reason to pick anybody right now you're just like i don't know let's just choose that one yeah I, i'm with you jack do you have any buddy outside I think, of- I think i'm on jamie lee curtis here too i think that and also 
the Golden Globes definitely like their stars. And this would also kind of be like, she's won before, I think, and has also been True Lies. So she won for True Lies. I, uh, w- yeah. One of the great Peacock transfers, no doubt. Uh, <sighs> if you want your A24 movies, you just watch the Peacock version of True Lies. <laughs> it's so bad. My wife had never seen it, and she's like, oh, do you want to watch True Lies? And that's how I discovered how bad the transfer was. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I fucking love True Lies. So we put it on, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I, also, I, gotta, I haven't looked it up. I got to put it on now. I've never seen the movie. I won't watch it that way. I just want to see Don't. what it looks like. Like, what does the James Cameron movie look like in 4 by 3 or whatever? <laughs> it's so bad. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with this one. This one is definitely the, the unpredictable category this year. We yeah. always have one. Uh, best film... Best actor in a comedy musical, Colin Farrell. Anyone? Anything? All right, cool. Uh, best actress, comedy musical. Anyone but Michelle Yeoh. Cool. We're good here. Um, best comedy or musical. I have everything everywhere all at once. Does anyone have Banshees? No, I don't either. I I, I do not. But it, it's so it's one of those two. I'm sorry, Babylon. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. to Babylon. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I love everything everyone, so I'm fine with that. But yeah, yeah, I'm. Fine. Uh, then we have, I think we don't have a conversation here. Best actress in the drama, it's Kate. I no one. Very unless they, unless they go yeah. otherwise, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, there hasn't really been much of a reason for me to think otherwise yet. So, but, uh, I want to be that guy right now. You want to set uh, the group chat and fires? I do. I think Kate or Michelle Yeoh is going to win the Oscar, so I don't have a problem with Kate. Can we just get Anna DeArmas to win the, the the glow so we can just have the world burn? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say you, you, you. I don't, I don't want that because the movie's already got enough hate, and I'm not. And like, we like it. Defend it. Yeah, I like it. Why well, is number what thirteen on my list? So, I, I will not. I have not engaged in any hatred of that movie because I, I'm gonna sit in my corner and just enjoy yeah. the movie. <laughs> uh, Jack, have you seen it yet? I've not. No, we talked about that on the pod. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> yeah. but I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I was gonna go back when sometime after like all the like debate has died down and should she get into the Oscars by some miracle? I don't think yeah, it would be a start. miracle. I really think she has a shot. No, I, I don't get it. Uh, she definitely has a shot, but I, I don't think she's like. I wouldn't put her like I think in the top like six, or, no. like, seven. I don't. Th- I don't think no. she's in that top rotation, but she could get in. No, I agree. But, but yeah, it would be like a. Like a Jonathan Price and the two popes kind of nomination yeah. that just comes out of left field. And then drama actor, I have Austin Butler. I think the other nominations feel like Austin Butler's the choice here. Uh, Hunter, anyone different on your end? No, they loved Elvis, so they're, yeah. They, it, I would think that it would be Austin Butler. Yeah, and I think this is we're we're getting ready for a little uh, road to the Oscars for Mr. Butler. I think. I'm hoping Colin Farrell can, like, I think potentially, like, once we start seeing, like, the Oscar voters, and I'll know for sure, because, like, granted, like, I think Will Smith's, like, sweep started here, and it's not, Mm -hmm. like, it's not, like, they don't overlap any voters, but I could still see Brendan Fraser picking up SAG, since he's, beloved, but also, like... This reminds me, like, I think I want to use this as an example, because I remember 2019 very well with the whole discussion now you know this started for rami like a few years ago but the the example i want to use is kind of like the whole critics versus award season discussion like i remember adam driver winning all these critics awards and i'm like Mm -hmm. joaquin's gonna win the oscar 
Joaquin's going to win the Oscar. Even down to the glow predictions, people are still telling me, no, Adam Driver's going to win. I'm like, no, he's not. Joaquin's going to win, and it's going to start here. And I think this could be the same trajectory where the critic's darling gets put to rest here, and then we start the trajectory for the uh, potential Oscar winner. I but, think you the, know. Other, the other comparison there, uh, the 2014, the Michael Keaton. Oh, don't remind me. I, 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 <laughs> I think that's maybe, that might be the closer resemblance. Because I do still think Brendan could win SAG. I mean, given that mm-hmm. he's like a lot more respected, but the whales like sinking probably now going to have less nominations overall than Elvis, just as we've seen so far. So yeah, where the overall praise goes, I'm not sure, but I definitely think it could be a case where there's just such overwhelming love for Brendan, where he could still just get pushed all the way for sure. And if drama, uh, best drama, uh, Fableman's avatar, Elvis, Top Gun, Tar. Um, I, <sighs> I don't think it's tar. No, that's the only thing I'm confident. And from and from and from there, I I I don't think it's Avatar. Although it's a shot. I'm gonna, yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna just make the wild prediction. I think it's Elvis, and the reason I don't think it's Top Gun is because of the whole Tom Cruise factor. The reason he's not there is very obvious because of all the issues that he has with the Globes of giving his awards back. Mm-hmm. For that reason alone, I can't see them saying we can give Lady Gaga an award because, yeah, it has to do with Top Gun, but it's not have to do with Tom Cruise. It has to do with Lady Gaga and we could get her here. Yeah, I think Elvis wins here. And that's I think I'm sticking with this at the end. You better stick with it. You can't say it now. No, right, right, I'll out. stick with it. I'm going to stick with right. it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, I'm going Elvis here. If it's okay. Fableman's, I think it's sinking. This could help Fableman's a lot if it does win here. But uh, I'm going to go with Elvis. Jack, what do you got? I'm not entirely confident. I I would like to say the Fablemans, but that would be a case. I'm pretty sure of it. Like unless John Williams wins, it would have just one drama picture and nothing else. Which, like, I think that has happened before. I think 1917 that happened, and even uh, I think the Grand Budapest Hotel over in musical comedy did that. I think Birdman won all the acting stuff, and then that won. So. There have been cases of movies just winning picture and nothing else at the Globes, but and like that same thing could happen with Top Gun, but and you're oh, I think I... so are you not yeah, you might be onto something with Elvis, yeah, that you're... Elvis prediction because now that you bring up the Top Gun factor with Tom Cruise, now that's kind of taking me away from there. But to what extent I wonder does this like transcend? Because I think also Brendan Fraser getting nominated was kind of like a. Like, I don't think people were like, that could like not happen and there'd be like a reason. So like they could just like ignore and just be like, nope, but that's, I don't know. that's kind of the reason that pushed me to Elvis in this discussion was more like Brendan, Brendan Fraser has already stated like his issues with the Globes which, and respectfully, yeah. like I totally agree. He has all the right not to be there for, mm-hmm. uh, but they still nominated him and they just still didn't nominate Cruz. I also yeah. say Brendan Fraser is a clear front runner in this category. Tom that Cruise is, true. is on the outside. So that like, is true. It's not like they snubbed a huge front runner in Tom Cruise. There's well, yeah, yeah. It's I, tough. I'm going to stick, stick with Fableman's for now. Go just for it, I yeah. think that could st- that seeing how they vote and it is just a check one. That's the other thing that's kind of weird. It's not like a consensus. Like which one do you like the most? So you only need 
20% of the votes plus one more vote to win at minimum. So, yeah, yeah, no, drama picture is going to be really interesting here, but I'm it glad seems that like it seems like a very, yeah, I was going to say, it seems like mostly a predictable night, but the ones that are up for grabs are really up for grabs. Mm. Hunter, where, where did you settle on? I still have Fablemans because I have okay. Spielberg and director. Uh, Top Gun's my number two, actually. So okay. there you go. Pretty I think, close. But if we're looking at the Oscars, though, I do think Top Gun is m- closer to winning than people th- give it credit, especially yep. on a preferential ballot. Yes. I don't know. that No one hates that movie. I don't know who's movie. putting it like at 10, like, uh, unless there's like Eight. snobs or <laughs> Oh! Just <laughs> <laughs> like the steak. I... Yeah. I like the movie, but in the best picture lineup that we have, it would be my 10th choice. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, if it wins best picture, not that I'm saying, well, if it wins, I'm not going to be mad. I'd be a you little probably, disappointed yeah, because there's a lot of better movies, but I'm not going to be mad. Yeah, so, I I would think that's actually a, and a really cool win, man. I think everything everyone wants or, you know, may be the front runner right now, but Top Gun would be a really fun best picture winner. And I think this would be the first time in man i can't even put together the first time that we'll have um how many hundred million dollar movies are we gonna have in the lineup this year and well i think this is the first time we'll have two billion dollar best picture nominees in the lineup in the same year with top gun and avatar as opposed to like the last couple of years where no movie made a hundred million dollars so yeah but you can't anymore unless yeah that's true yeah that's true. But yeah, that wraps up the Golden Globe predictions. We'll see what happens in the next few days because, you know, the Globes are on a Tuesday because that's what we want. Uh, <laughs> we could, yeah. You could have you, you watched the Packers and the Globes tonight. You could have done both. Yep. But unfortunately, oh, well, at least I still got the Packers tonight. Yeah, um, but yeah, let's move on to what we watch before we get to our list. Jack, do you have anything that you watch this week that you want to highlight? Uh, just a couple things. Uh, I've continuing to watch it's always sunny in philadelphia just incredible show that i could just throw on like for a half hour and just laugh at and think nothing of and just move on with my life uh movie wise i had a couple nothing really outstanding but some decent watches uh, i watched something on the criterion channel called call north side 777 starring jimmy stewart it's kind of like a noir procedural movie it's fine it kind of like the whole movie kind of felt as if like it was narrated kind of in the same way that like the news of the world sequence in Citizen Kane was. So mm-hmm. like it was kind of weird because it kind of felt like it worked to an extent with like the documentary style, but it also just like you would have like the dialogue and then it would just cut to like this happened and then this and then it's just like a really like kind of almost out of place uh, narration that just comes out of nowhere and is really jarring of. Uh, then I watched Oklahoma, the Rogers and Hammerstein musical. Isn't that four hours? No, no, no. It's like two and a half. Oh, okay. But they do have an overture and intermission, which obviously is a win. Uh, and it was fine. I'd only seen uh, The Sound of Music from Rogers and Hammerstein previously in terms of like musical movies. So ha- having that to be compared to kind of just set yourself up for a hard time. And this was fine the colors are all really nice and the wide shots are really cool the shot in cinema scope so i'm a big fan of that but aside from the musical numbers that were just fine and just an honestly really uninteresting relationship between the characters it was 
not that much. Uh, then I saw Jason and the Argonauts, which was a hit. <laughs> seen it in a while, but I got to rewatch it. And obviously, I'm a big fan of stop motion. Ray Harryhausen also did the stop motion for Clash of the Titans. And then Bernard Herman did the score, who obviously is one of our saviors, Dave. <laughs> yes, he is. And last for me, uh, after being guilt-tripped into watching this movie, well, not guilt-tripped, but... Let's go! Dave said that I was lacking for having not seen this, and the next hour, I started to watch Cruising. Better than The French Connection, I said it. I can't go that far, but I didn't really like the movie. This is my third Friedkin, because I've only seen his two like big, hit, heavy hitters. Um, and it's definitely my least favorite of those three, but still good. It was one of the last Pacino performances, I think, before he really went into that, you know, like, star Pacino. Face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before he goes into the Pacino that most people think of. Uh, I thought it worked. I thought the atmosphere stuff about it was all really cool. Um, it didn't work as much for me as, like, a mystery, because I don't think they really gave a whole lot of like good details for us to like base our conclusions off of at the end. Cause like the ending's kind of ambiguous and yes, it is a yeah. clear cut answer, but it also doesn't like give you a lot of stuff to like work with and form those like conclusions for yourself, which made it kind of just end. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, but maybe who knows, maybe cruising two is coming. Soon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what I watched. Hunter, do you got anything? I am on a break right now for movies because basically from the September all the way through December, there's at least one or two a week I'm watching. And then obviously Sundance coming up, which is like a dozen movies I got to watch then. So I watched Gangs of New York the day after Christmas, which you cover then. And I've watched I watched rewatched Mank a few days ago because for some reason that movie came up in my head. What a and, treat. I like that movie so oh, much. Well. It's I'll say, nice. when, I, when, I, when I first watched it, I started at about 12.30 at night, which I don't care how good of a movie it is. You don't do that. So yeah, I yeah. might have I fallen asleep. Unless it's after hours. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I might have fallen asleep when I first watched it. So I was like, okay, I got to watch it again. And it's great. I I liked it a, a lot. So. Same here. It's in my top, in my I guess hot take. It's in my top like three, four David Fincher. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be. I mean, I moved it all the way up to like number three three of my 2020 best of list so i'm glad i did it and yeah that was that's that's pretty much it because i uh i i've i've just wanted to cleanse myself now before we go back into sundance and then once february and march starts there's a lot more movies so it'll be back to the grind again so the, the I, good, a good grind i'll just give it that i saw about 36 movies this week i'm not gonna go through all of them yeah that's uh, uh, <laughs> that's 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 too many almost uh i saw little children uh because i've haven't seen much Todd Field, and I thought it was wonderful. Uh, oh, you're two thirds of the way done on Todd Field. Though. I know. I got one more to go. Uh, I saw all the Terminator movies. Uh, yeah, one and two are still amazing. Everything else is whatever. Uh, I saw this Michael Keaton gangster satire called Johnny Dangerously, which is Amy Heckerling directed it. Mm-hmm. Which is Uh-oh. it's it's fun. It's not nothing great, but it's 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 a fun. When, when did it come out? Nineteen eighty. Four, I believe. Okay, okay. Eighty-two or eighty-four, one of those two. Um, I saw the Infernal Affairs trilogy. Uh, oh yeah, first one's great. Don't the other two or whatever. Oh, okay. uh, went on a bong hive uh, binge. Uh, Memories of Murder, Parasite, still amazing. Saw Okja for the first time, which I've 
really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw the strangest gangster film I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever heard of Bugsy Malone? Yeah, it's not the good Bugsy. Bugsy. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's it's, it's strange. Kids, right? Yeah, so have you do you know about this movie, Jack? When did it come out? In the in the seventies, so um, Jodie Foster is in it, and Scott Baio is, plays Muggsy Bugsy. The movie is all children, and they're all gangsters in the twenties, and they replace bullets on guns with ice cream. It's it's so strange. You need to see it. Well, what was your rate? What was your rating? Yeah, I went. What did I go? Hold on, I'm going. Right. I went three. I mean, yeah. Oh, I was going to say three and a half. It's so str- like I don't even, I don't know if I liked it. I think I need to watch it again. It, it's what was I'm, it called again? Bugsy Malone. Bugsy Malone. Okay. Yeah, it's, this is the same year Jodie Foster's in Taxi Driver. I think. Yeah, seventy six. Seventy six. Okay, yeah. so there you go. So th- that's maybe why it's that one Jodie Foster movie. Like, yeah, we're not talking about that movie that year. It's there's the, another one. And the craziest thing, it's directed by the same director who directed Midnight Express, Alan Parker. So it's like. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. Um, let me see anything else that I want to highlight. I went on a, a Lumet binge. Uh, 12 Angry Men, thanks to uh, Jax and Helmer pushing me, is now up to five stars. Saw Prince of the City for the first time. It's fine. Serpico is... is what did you say? Isn't Prince of the City three hours long or yes, something? Yes, it is. There yes, you go. I, like, I sat there and I watched. I'm like, why is Pacino not in this? And then I did some research, and it's because he was doing cruising. Um, it's a poor, it, to me, it's a poor man, Serpico. Serpico is so much better than Princess City. And that's 40 minutes, uh, shorter. Saw the pale blue eye, um, haven't recovered from yet. It's, I'm still asleep. <laughs> it's not uh, that bad. It's, it's fine. It's like, uh, it's, it's middle of the road. And then last two I wanted to cover is, um, I saw this horror film. That's pretty much a giant cult classic from 1981 called Possession. And Ooh. this movie fucked me up. It is. I always, I always talk about to to horror fans about Cheryl uh, Lee's performance in Twin Peaks: Firewalk with Me is like one of the most underrated performances like ever. Uh, this is up there. Isabel and Johnny. Um, she has some moments in this film that I'm just like, my jaw dropped of how incredible she was. The movie is about a married couple that are going through a split and there is a lot of domestic abuse going on but you find out that it's it's led because there's a the anna who was isabel is possessed and there's some amazing body horror towards the end of the movie cronenbergish body horror uh ambiguous ending it's 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 right up my fucking alley like it's it's so 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 good it's on shutter i don't know how shutter got the rights to this but it's it's really good. I highly recommend it, it, you guys watch it. It was like harder than near dark for people to find like for a yeah. while. Like there were just like mm-hmm. no release whatsoever. But. And I was able to snatch I, I because I loved it so much. Um, I I went looking for a reasonably priced Blu-ray because even physical media on this is really expensive. So I was able to find one for like 40 bucks. So I'm like, yeah. This is probably the cheapest I'm going to find it, so let me just grab it. Uh, and then the new movie um, I saw was Megan, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. Hunter Hunter's never going to see it. Jack, I think you'll have a great time with it. For your service, I'm never going to see it. I, you'll hate it. I don't think there's anything. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. Um, ironically, there are dark themes of 
grieving and lost that I didn't think the movie was going to go in. But I don't like animal abuse, so I don't like that they kill a dog in this movie. So, But outside of that, it was a really utter delight. I had a great time with it. Uh, and yeah, and that's all I have. So uh, let's get to why we're here. Is uh, only took an hour. It only took an hour, but we're oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, uh, why don't you kick it off and tell us what led you to come up with this idea? Well, I, I've always been obviously a big movie fan, but I'm also a really big music fan. And when I'm not watching movies, a lot of the times I'm listening to music and where and when those two things can come together and just work splendidly, especially when it's something that previously existed and essentially you're giving it a new life uh in the movie it's just something that i really really find fascinating and have found a lot of really good songs through this and it's just something that i love to talk about and especially love hearing other people's opinions about because there are like dave said earlier there are just so many good needle drops in existence and usage of popular music in movies that just really works but Make it hard on ourselves and talk about ten. Yep. I say let's. Uh, you guys gotta say the rules for what a needle drop is because I had to look it up to make sure my list was right. <laughs> yeah. So for the for the for the listeners, you should tell them what the rule is for a needle so, drop. So a needle drop, by our definition, is a pre-existing song mm-hmm. that is used in the movie. So for example, like musicals don't count. Uh, like a score doesn't count. Uh, they have to have been like previously existing songs uh, that were like licensed and brought in and are like a part of like the soundtrack, you know, mm-hmm. rather than like a score. So hopefully that clears up anything. I know some people it can be a little confusing at first, but yeah, I, I would say I, I don't remember. Does, does the care is are we allowed to have the characters interact with the song? Like, let's yes, say. Yes, I I took it as they don't interact with the song because then it becomes so not there's there's plenty I could choose from so yeah like yeah. we we jack and i discussed something like uh gene kelly and singing in the rain technically singing in the rain is a needle drop because that song existed prior to the movie coming out years before but i didn't go with that because that's a little bit too too on the nose yeah. um oh, yeah all right you, know, cool. I, I, you could i don't even think you could many people know that song came out before the movie yeah that's true too at this point um i i guess i'll start it off I have honorable mentions here, and I, I want to preface this. This is a Dave list. I yeah, have some yeah, wild. Probably all like our list, not like. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't pick any that I didn't like. I'm picking the ones I love. I don't yeah, these are definitely hard is the best. Ridiculous. Some of these are ridiculous, but um, here are some honorable mentions on Dave's list. Okay. I have tequila used in Pee Wee's Big Adventure and The Sandlot. Okay, I was gonna say in the Sandlot. Um, yeah, I think of. Don't fear the Reaper in Halloween '78. Ooh, that's. I was thinking about that. <laughs> what, what, all right, so you gotta tell me when was it in there? When they're driving, uh, when they're driving, smoky weed in the car, and Michael Myers is driving behind them. Oh, the song, the okay, song hits perfect for that scene. Okay. Um, very um, very too cliche for Jack, but I added it anyway. Bats the bone from Terminator Two: Judgment Day. <laughs> Stop hating. Granted, it, granted, it probably did create the cliche, but like it's been used so many times, like that and like Born to Be Wild. Like those are the two where it's like they've been used so much. Where I'm like, yeah, this 
it may not be the peak use of the song, but I think it's very popular for the 90s. And when I was a kid, I remember this being so, this sequence being so popular. Bohemian Rhapsody and Wayne's World. Oh, that's a, yeah, I considered that for a minute. See, that yeah, was the one I, I mentioned probably on I, my end. Could I count it because the characters interact with that song? So I don't know. That's, that, like, yes, what? that counts. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, I actually have a Marvel movie in here. I apologize. Sorry, fellas. Uh, I have the Immigrant yeah, yeah, yeah. Song and Thor Ragnarok because I think okay. it, it's really. Well I was expecting there. a it's, Guardians needle drop. It's not um, just the, what average girl from Cap Marvel or whatever. Just no. a girl from Cap Marvel. <laughs> I was like, eh. Um, I Guardians is too on the nose, so I just let that slide because everyone yeah. would probably think of those. You can make. You can have just a whole mention for like Guardians. For 90s uh, teens like I was, uh, Kiss Me from She's All That. You guys have probably never seen that movie. so uh, I've never a... heard it's that good. You had to be from that period to like it. Yeah, it's definitely a 90s. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, it's definitely a You guys would hate it. It's definitely right of the era of the 90s. Uh, Wild Thing in Major League. Mm. I haven't seen that in forever, so I don't, I don't remember that. And I guess this is too new, but I think it's used really well. Something in the way. Uh, yeah, Batman. I considered putting that as an honorable mention. I did. Well. It was. It was. It was there. I was like, I'm guessing one of you two is going to have it, so I don't need to have it. So. Um. So doing my ten through six, I have number ten, "The Sound of Silence" from The Graduate. Ooh. Ex- yeah. Which, was, which yeah. use? Which use? There's. It's. In like I think the times. end. I think the end. Yeah. The end. Yeah. That I love that ending so much. I think it's used perfectly for the end. Uh I think it, its biggest impact is that in that moment as well. Uh, yeah. Number nine, I just love this song, and I think it's it's, it's very sweet how it's used. Tiny Dancer and Almost Famous. Mm. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Here's where uh, I can't des- I could not decide, so I didn't want to put it. I didn't want to put any of these songs at nine or ten. I feel like it's perfectly fine at eight. So I kind of have a poor man's tie here. This is very new, but because it affected me so much, I actually have Under Pressure from After Sun in oh. in here. Uh yeah, it did hit. I I don't think I'll ever listen to that song the same again. So that's kind of the impact that it had. And you're gonna. This is what we discussed earlier, Jack. I have to pick a song from this movie now. Donnie Darko. I have. Oh. Yeah. So I have Mad World, Terrace, Never Terrace Apart, Head Over Heels, or The Killing Moon, and I have no idea what song to use. I love them all. I I I think it's Mad World. Head Over Heels is such a banger the way it's used I, in the movie. I'm going to go on and say that I cut Head Over Heels, <gasps> so that's where my vote goes out of the, out of those two. But yeah, I mean, Mad World's also great, but I mean, Head Over Heels, that was that was in my top 15 for Spotify in the last year, so definitely uh, love that. So. Alright, I'll just go with Head Over Heels. But yeah, that soundtrack is probably one of the most underrated of since 2000s. No one talks about the mm-hmm. Dark Darker soundtrack. Uh, my number seven, another horror... Uh, Delight, Red Right Hand, and Scream. Now people think, what is that show that people think of with that song? That's like the. Wasn't it Penny? Not not Penny Dreadful, right? It's a Netflix show with Killian Murphy. Oh, Peaky um, Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, that's the theme song of Peaky Blinders. But Red Right Hand is used really well in Scream. And yeah, that's. And my number six is um, In Your Eyes from Say Anything because. Oh, yes. yeah. No. That's the Peter yeah, yeah. Gabriel song, right? Yes. I love yeah. that song. Yeah. I love the use of it in that song. I love that movie so, so much. So, yeah, that's my 10 through 6. Uh, I'll leave Jack for last since this is his idea. Hunter, what do you got? <laughs> um, I did not rank mine at all. So, I'm just going to pick the five that uh, are 
10 through 6. Yeah, I'm going to take the 5. Yeah. I'm just going to take the 5. Then I'm like, oh, these aren't the huge ones. So uh, I also have Under Pressure from After Sun. So yes. we'll keep it there. So that's 2. Um, More of a meme song at this point, but A Real Hero from Drive. I love that song. That's good, though. I, That's good. I, I, I love that it's in the movie. It fits Nicholas Wending reference style. Uh, it's become a meme at this point. You hear it, you're like, oh, yeah. But it, <laughs> it, it, really, it really works in the movie, and I do like it. Um, also, not The Graduate, but kind of The Graduate, Across 110th Street and Jackie Brown. So the opening mm. of Jackie Brown, where it's the homage to The Graduate. Uh, you think of Tarantino, you think, you know, blood and violence and all that and jackie brown's the more mellow not over the top movie and that's a perfect way to start it out uh let's see uh free bird from kingsman the secret service uh <laughs> not a good luke pick there uh the great one take action scene so it, it it perfectly goes with that one such a controlled chaos kind of thing like the song uh that's great uh-huh, sure Luke will be happy to hear that. I, I, I that's why I kept it in there because like oh he'll like it. Uh, let's see, uh, Waters of March in the Worst Person in the World from last mm-hmm. year. It's the closing song to that one, so it's a great way to close out the movie. Uh, technically, I said goodbye to me is in the trailer. I don't think it's in the movie, so I couldn't put it in there. But in there, uh, how many might got do? Uh, because I don't have. I'm going to let Dave keep all these and do them himself. I just have Martin Scorsese as one. So <laughs> that's all I have. I said Mrs. Robinson from The Wolf of Wall Street. Then he kissed. Oh, that's, kiss a yes. that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. In the still of the night from The Irishman uh, and then shipping yes. up to Boston and departed. And yeah, then also, I, of course, uh, give me shelter from Goodfellas you know, <laughs> and The Departed twice. So I was like, I, like, I could have made a whole list of just Scorsese. So I was like, we'll keep it easy. We'll just do. Is there anyone better than Scorsese with this? No, no, definitely not. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think, think so. so. Like, no. I have, a, I have a Scorsese and Quentin. Like, they're great, but like Scorsese kind of like invented like the whole like yeah. the whole style of like using rock music, and yeah, still even later perfected it. I think I think I've yeah I've got the ones left. So there All you right, go, Jack. Take it away. All right, uh, I'll just throw out the one, uh, Dave. You mentioned you had a couple. TV honorable mentions. Yes, I was uh, going to save that for 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 before I get my okay. For, but go for it if you want to do yours now. Uh, I, I just have one, and it is um, the song "I Will Wait for You" by Connie Francis in Futurama. <laughs> uh, oh, is if it, you is if it, you okay. it's the dog scene. Yeah. yeah okay, I've seen that on YouTube. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's just heartbreaking, uh, and such a good use of the song for it too. Uh, my number ten is uh these boots are made for walking by nancy sinatra and full metal <laughs> oh good good stuff so like so, that uh, it's the transition of when we leave boot camp and actually go to vietnam and mm-hmm. just that whole scene there with the uh with the prostitute on the screen on the street and then the guy steals the camera matthew modine does the karate move back to him uh i really liked that uh this song my number nine dave you're gonna like this one from blue velvet Roy Orbison's In Dreams, oh. which I actually well first heard in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl when they parodied Blue Velvet and had a yeah. puppet lip sync in Dreams. So watching the movie, going back around, uh, I really liked. Again, that's another case of interacting with the song, but I still consider it a needle drop since it's 
pre a pre-existing song. Uh, another case of that number eight is "Come Here" by Cap Bloom and Before Sunrise. That's mm, when they're okay. in the in the recording booth uh, listening to the song together. I think that's really the first moment that we start to fall in love with the idea of them falling in love. And that song is just like a really sweet backdrop for it. Uh, number seven, uh, I cut, when I said I cut tears for fears, I did that this morning because I found an old list that I made and completely forgot this. Mm. And it is a quick one while he's away by the who in Rushmore. Oh, and okay. it is when oh, yeah. it's when Max is getting revenge on uh, Herman and they're just like going at it, like cutting each other's like, bike breaks and like le- ending up to max getting arrested and i even love more they pulled from a they used the live version when they were on uh the smother or wait was it it was the rolling stones rock and roll circus that they mm. performed that version on and they pulled that which i'm just a huge fan of and so happy they did uh number six stereotypical i'm sure but really is for me at least just one of the best uses of music the end by the doors and apocalypse now mm, okay. uh, just that opening the opening shot of everything blowing up and then going into uh martin sheen's room and just being in there with him is like it all gets like even crazier just really like hammers at home and that's essentially what i think of when i think of that song now uh but yeah that's my 10 through 6 awesome all righty so my honorable mentions, I was going to do uh, my number two, but, but I'll just mention them now. Here are some of my TV needle drop honorable mentions that I want to mention. Uh, the Sopranos Through and Through by the Rolling Stones, which plays... I thought you were going to pull out... Go ahead. Oh, I'm not done with the Sopranos yet. I got more. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, it's all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, through and Through, uh, I, I love... We've talked about the Sopranos. I love, love the show. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I think it's the best show ever made. But that through and through with the Rolling Stones playing over the scenes of over the aftermath of all the events of season two really work. And then the final shot of Tony, the camera panning in slowly to Tony smoking a cigar and him just blowing the smoke out and then uh, fades to black. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Uh, Don't stop believing for the Sopranos, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a there's an episode in season six also. uh it's called Chicken. The song's called Chicken Town at the end of the episode. That song really worked for that whole sequence of what's going on. Uh, Baby Blue and Breaking Bad. I think that's yeah, a really sure. phenomenal song to use. Listen, and I know it's very cliche. Hunter and you and Jack mentioned cliche. Man, Running Up the Hill slaps. I don't care. I don't care <laughs> that it. That, that song use. absolutely slaps. I've liked that song. Shout out to. My love of wrestling because that song was used in a promo in like 2010, and that's the first time I had heard that song, and I've pretty much loved it ever since. But I think the use here is just phenomenal. Uh, and yeah, those are some of my TV uh, that I wanted to mention, and anything Gossip Girl because Gossip, yeah, and in yeah, anyone that watched Gossip Girl, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, all right, so my number five is Heroes from David Bowie. From the perks of being a wallflower. Good choice. I was hoping uh, that's where you were going. Yeah, I uh, that movie really continues to stick with me. It it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite uh, coming of age films I've ever seen. It just hits on all levels, and I think that moment with that song playing. I don't want to spoil the movie, but when that moment happens in the car, 
and that song starts kicking. I'm like, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Number four, uh, it's Eye of the Tiger from Rocky Three. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works. It works. Yeah. It, it works. Rocky, it really works. It, it really, really works. works. It works so much that they used it in Rocky Four. It works so much that they used it in commercials for years upon years. It's such oh, yeah. a good it's such a good song. Uh, if, if my, you ever think of that song, you think of Rocky. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I mean, t- my wife uses it before her interviews, her job interviews. So it's as like a, a, a song to push you through. It's a good one. So yeah. It's a good one. Um, number three, it's the most Dave on brand, like 1980s, as Jack thinks about what possibly this could be from Batman 1989. Fuck. There's there's a song in there? I remember this. Yeah. We have Prince's Party Man and Trust. I just put those two together. I don't remember this. So, Prince, it's funny, Hunter, because Prince is. There's a sound. The soundtrack to um, Batman '89 is all Prince. Even in the yeah. background during the movie, you hear Prince in the background. Prince is all over this movie. And Party Man is the sequence where the Joker comes into the museum, where Vicky Vale is just like everyone's like dead with the Joker poison, and Vicky Vale is just chilling there. And then uh, Joker and his minions come in and destroy the museum. That song is fantastic. And then Trust is really just fun because Jack Nich- Jack Nicholson is just hamming it up on a on a party float. On a a parade flow, which is really funny. Uh, number two, uh, I think uh, again from the nineteen eighties. I just love the song. I just love the use of it. It ended the movie beautifully. Uh, I can I can still think this is a very depressing ending, but I think the uh, the song fits perfectly, and that's "Don't You Forget About Me" from the Breakfast Club. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I I love the song, and I just think. <clears throat> Hunter kind of nailed it with um, Eye of the Tiger. When you think of Don't You Forget About Me, you think of The Breakfast Club, and you think of that moment where Anthony Michael Hall is giving that, reading the letter that he left for for Vernon. So, yeah, that's my five through two. Hunter, what do you got? Um, well, I messed up. I, I mentioned six instead of five. So Martin it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Uh, he gets number five, so we'll say that. Uh, for, we'll say "Give Me Shelter" from Goodfellas Casino and Casino mm. and The Departed. It's used twice in The Departed, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I was like, "Sure, sure, sure." Uh, let's say number four is "La Mer" from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It's the ending song for that one. Uh, was that movie came out in 2011? So I was 13 when I went and saw it in the theater with my dad. Way too young to be seeing that movie because that movie is confusing as hell. <laughs> but I remember that scene still, almost 10 years later. I still remember. The ending scene, that song, that very happy song. It's a very sad movie because there's no there's no laughing in, in Tinker Tailor, so it's it's a great way to end that movie off. Uh, so that was number four. Number three, uh, let's see, we'll go Goodbye Yellow Brick Road from American Hustle. Scorsese Ooh. Light here with David O. Russell. It is one of the very first, I think it is the first scene where the whole cast is brought together at once, so... Uh, Christian Bale, Jennifer Lawrence are meeting Jeremy Renner's character at a hotel or something. And then like a searchlight blows out. So there's like smoke everywhere. Then out of the smoke comes Bradley Cooper and Amy Adams. And then every character's there. They're all looking at each other, all in different, we'll call Yellow Brick Roads at this time in their past. And it's such a, it's David Russell really wanting to be Martin Scorsese and pulling it off that time. So it, it really works. I love it. Number two, this one will make you very happy, David. Can't make number one, but it'll be number two. 
doing it to death in Titan. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. I when I saw this movie at Cannes, I saw it the second screening, not the premiere of it. But when they were playing this movie, it was fucking blasting in the theater. <laughs> so loud because the opening scene, the character causes a car crash and then hugs the car after. So you're like, what the hell is this movie? And then you start hearing the song playing. It's a long take throughout this car show. And then she's practically having sex with the car. And then she literally oh, does. Yes. This so is good. Such a messed up movie, but it was so confidently done. So it is, um, I, I, I remember that was one of those where you just, you watch the scene. And you're like, I will never forget this scene of what is happening. And it's so, it's, I, the, the killers made that song and I've listened to a lot of their stuff now because of that. So it, it, it gets the extra bump for making me discover a whole, whole band. I like that's so, awesome. It can't be it can't be number one, but it was it was it, number one is a pretty like clear number one for me. But this was you know this is, this was such a great one. Jack, what do you got? Now we're getting into my fun ones. Uh, <laughs> I number five comes from a movie that has a lot of good needle drops, uh, but I ended up picking a weirder, less known song, and from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, hmm. choosing Beat City by the Flower Pot Men. Which is the song what? that plays as they go into Chicago, as they pick Sloan up from the school and drive off. Great song, just really sets the mood for like how fun the rest of the movie's gonna be. And I mean, Ferris Bueller has some incredible uses of music. Yep. Like obviously, there's the oh yeah. yeah, but then like you got the march of the march of the swivel heads, the song at the end, like the da 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 da, like and racing home, like that's I... also really. And then obviously like Twist and Shout and Donkey Shane. During the premi- during the parade, uh, say my my honorable mention for that one was the one in the museum, where it's just the instrumental oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's really good too. I, yeah, it's I, really that's good. My that's, second place now that you bring that up. How could I forget that? Blood? I I that movie. I I really love that movie way more than I thought I would, and that scene it just hits me every time. It's just so good. I yeah, I'm I'm there with you. The dream. I mean, it's hard because Ferris Ferris has got so many good songs. So, but I didn't even realize I, I didn't even realize how good it was till I like I put. Beat City Down, and I went back and looked at the rest of the soundtrack. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I want to mention all of these. Uh, yeah. My number four uh, is from a director that we've mentioned already, but not from one of his big movies and not a needle drop that I think people think of when they think of him. But I like it in just the sense of the song and how it introduces this character, not only in the movie, but it also essentially introduces this actor to the world. And it is Jumpin' Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones in Mean Streets, which mm. plays during mm. Robert De Niro's entrance, which is essentially, you know, like introducing Robert De Niro to the world of cinema and just like the pounding opening chord of the song with the Martin Scorsese just slow pushing on Harvey Keitel. It just works for me on so many levels. And mm-hmm. I'm not huge on Mean Streets, but this one scene is like one of my favorite things Scorsese has ever done, quite frankly. Uh, my number three, not a lot of needle drops in this movie, but I, we talked about it when we talked about the music for Halloween, Dave, where like you only need like the right couple songs and you're just good. Uh, and that is fight the power and do the right thing. Oh, that's a good one. Well done. Uh, that's a really good one. Such a, such a fitting song too. like to open that movie. Especially, like, I love the just kind of the slow jazz buildup and just, like, mm-hmm. the solo saxophone, and then it just cuts right into Rosie Perez dancing, and mm-hmm. 
it's also upsetting because like I've been unable to find like that specific version because like the types on or, like the versions on Spotify just it's just a song they don't have like the saxophone backing track mm. in the song which that for me is like just what carries it over the top. <sighs> and now for my number two, I know what it is. Say my top my top two. I knew it was coming from these movies. It was just a matter of like which ones do I want to pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just I'm just wondering which ones from Risky Business. <laughs> I have none from Risky Business. What? Actually, my number two is from the film Boogie Nights, and my choices on the table at the moment are the opening track, of course, "Best of My Love." When you're going into the club with the killer one shot, Jungle Fever, as uh, Burt Reynolds sends Roller Girl back to <laughs> blow Mark Wahlberg, just like the groove of that song. It's like. I don't know. It just has like a really like sleazy kind of feeling. And it's like Mark Wahlberg is like first real, like it's when he's being like transformed into like what he'll be like for the rest of the movie, like for the first time. Uh, and the top two, this is where I spill the wine. Obviously I think that's like the big one that everyone remembers. And you have the shot of the girl going into the pool, like right as the music kicks up and you also get the introduction of the Colonel. But I think I got to go with driver's seat, which plays later in the movie as we meet Floyd Gondoli played by Philip Baker hall, as well as Todd Parker at uh, the new year's party. Uh, Since the entrances of both of those characters, I think is really what pushes it over for me. And Similar to Jumpin' Jack Flash, it was like the first like five seconds of that song. Just like that's that's an entrance song if I've ever heard one. Uh, and yeah, we'll get back to my not, number one. Not, not ninety nine <laughs> red balloons at all. Not in there. Yeah, uh, that's another good one. And you also have Jesse's Girl uh, and like everything that plays in Alfred Molina's house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, my number one is from. Uh, <clears throat> I saved my Scorsese for last. It's from Goodfellas. It, yeah, obviously. Uh, so I went with, uh, I think it's my favorite scene in the whole movie, and that's uh, and and then he kissed me when Henry's taking mm-hmm. taking her pretty much through the Copacabana. It's Copacabana, and they're running through the back end, and he's showing pretty much introducing her not just to him as a future m- husband but kind of entering her into his world of the mafia and the underground of how he's able to be so well-respected. I think the song just, I, I'd have to get, I couldn't go without giving a plug to the other uh, movie. This song was used that my wife absolutely loves and that's adventures of babysitting. So wanted to give that, that a plug there. Um, but yeah, the sequencing, this sequence of Goodfellas is one of my favorites if, of all time. And I think the song just, is a stamp but with goodfellas it's it's you know very very hard when you have a, a movie that's literally the perfect example of how to use music properly so yeah, yeah that's my number one and then he kissed me from goodfellas uh hunter what do you got uh well jack and i were very close to sharing this one actually because my number one is best of my love from boogie nights oh. <laughs> <laughs> once you said boogie nights i was like oh no <laughs> I can't do Magnolia because all those songs were written for that movie, so that doesn't count. But I have Wait, no problem. Wait, some say, some say, wasn't that that was written for the movie? Some In, say, "Love I, it is a river." 
Does that from that, Matt? Well, no, it's not. But like all, okay, I don't okay. Remember that I, song I Magnolia. Like, all the we'll that. say all the songs from Magnolia. I remember are in uh, are written for that one by Amy Mann. But Boogie, I mean, nothing wrong. Best of I Love Boogie Nights is, I mean, the ultimate way to open up a movie where you have the sad kind of carnival music and then the title of the movie just appears and the song kicks in. It's like a jump scare, long take. I mean, it is. I probably watch that scene maybe once or twice a week, every week, and. Obviously, that song does a whole lot of the heavy, not the heavy lifting, obviously, because everything is doing it, but that song is just so perfect. So that one has, it was, it was far and away, like when we were starting this list, I was like, okay, so that's number one. Let's just fill out the rest of this list now. <laughs> nice. And Jack, what Goodfellas song do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, not only is it a Goodfellas song, but this is probably also the inception for this idea and just like, the reason, like, this is why I wanted to do it. Uh, so many good ones. I mean, you talk about uh, And Then He Kissed Me, uh, but also we have a song at the Coconut Lounge. The title's in Italian, so I do not know what it is called. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have Atlantis, when they're killing Billy Bats in the bar. Uh, mm. I think just, like, the slow buildup, and then, like, right when the vocals kicks in is where, like, they just start, like, railing on them. Manish Boy specifically because i love the editing tie-in like right when he like does that line of cocaine it's like just zooms right in and kicks in um with muddy waters but number one it's got to be layla for me i mean just Mm. that piano it's such a weird pick too because that's not something that like i feel like that's not something that you just sit there and you're like oh you know what would go good with this like the last like four minutes of layla like that just seems like (laughs) something that had just like been in his mind for a while, but just like never had like a good time to use it. And just the feeling of like loss behind it, even though like you're watching these criminals, like it's really like where the movie I think begins to like lose that sense of fun that like the first like hour or so has, like you just like really like hanging out with these guys and like, like the guys, the kids walking up on the car and finding the body inside of it. Like that just like, that's like the great way to start it off. And then you just get all the individual deaths and then it kicks in again. I love like they open the trucks to find like Carbone in the meat. Mm-hmm. Like, like the music just rises like right on sync as like the doors open. And it's just such a good, it's such a great editing moment. And yeah, I, when I mentioned earlier, how songs can just like get a complete second life and change how like you think about them. This is like the number one example of that for me as well. Awesome. So yeah, this is uh, this is a fun exercise. I love how different our, all of our lists were. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, go Practically, ahead. Practically, Martin Scorsese is the only crossover here. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. He could, he, we, we could we could have made the whole episode about him. We could have easily because there's so, there's enough to pick from. So for next week, I expect Hunter to memorize the dance from Party Man from Batman 1989. Since he had no idea. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll have to look it up because I don't remember this. Now, I've, I saw, I've only seen the movie once. I saw it, I begged my parents to let me watch it when I was a kid and Jack Nicholson's Joker scared the absolute hell out of me. So I actually, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through, technically. Yeah, it's good stuff. So. It's, it's you know, it's of the time, but it was very important. Yeah. Such an important, I think it's, I still think it's the most important comic book film of all time, but that's a, another story for another podcast uh but yeah that wraps up everything up for this week we did not go three hours unfortunately hunter i i apologize for that uh but we still had a great time let's let's hear where everyone can find you jack 
All right, you can find all of us on the League of Cinephiles. We have a bunch of new matches coming up here soon, new beginning of the year. You can also find me on Letterboxd. You, you can look up my name. You'll find me. Look for the goose profile picture. <laughs> and you can also hear us. You can also hear Dave and I on Chop Talk. We're getting that started back up here in yes. the next couple weeks or so. And we got a lot of fun movies to talk about this year. Yes, we do. And Hunter. Uh, you can find me at the Cinema Dispatch. Got Golden Globe predictions coming up. And then getting down to the final Oscar predictions we'll cover next week. Uh, find me at League of Cinephiles, the Critics Circle. We got one month to go until our annual awards for that one. So everything's really, really getting exciting. Sundance coming up. So little down period right now, but it's really going to get up and running in a couple weeks. And you can find me for the foreseeable future at RealTalking.com. Big announcement to come regarding that in the next few weeks. And you can find me at Letterboxd, also under Real Talk Inc. Let's see how I'm able to change that in the next couple of weeks. Um, and, yeah, you can find my work on Raw and Tomatoes and also part of the League of Cinephiles. So until next week, Jack... Hunter and I will continue to bring on some cinematic decadence to your lives. <laughs>